0: Welcome to he- Healing University. Again, this is a continu- continuation of our in-depth study of God's will and provision concerning uh, you receiving and walking and ministering healing. And I just want you to know that uh, man, God's love is extended to you. Uh, the, his, his faithfulness is for you. Don't ever allow yourself to be discouraged because you see someone else receive healing and you've been believing for a period of time, uh, God has healing for you. Um, This is lesson number 12 of section 2 entitled, How to Receive Your Healing. And uh, this actually comes from uh, uh, some excerpts and chapters of my book entitled, Your Healing Door, and this is just about, uh, I've written this book uh, from from my own experience, from my revelation from the Word of God. Uh, I received healing from cancer uh, several years ago. My son, Michael, uh, who is uh, Andrew Womack's daily television producer, was healed of a muscular arthritic condition. Uh, I want to encourage you, uh, you could go online to karisbiblecollege.org and you could get to copy this book or you could just go to Greg Moore, mohr.com and Then we'll, we'll resource you with that. You know, I always like to uh, start my uh, messages with a funny. Uh, the Bible says a merry heart does good like a medicine. And this, this uh, funny is called Oops. So several days ago, I left a meeting at our church and I desperately gave myself a personal TSA. Pat down. I was looking for my keys. They were not in my pockets. A quick search in the meeting room revealed nothing. Suddenly, I realized I must have left them in the car. Frantically, I headed for the parking lot. My wife, Diane, has scolded me many times uh, for leaving the keys in the ignition. My theory is the ignition is the best place not to lose them. Her theory is that the car will be stolen. As I burst through the doors of the church, I came to a terrifying conclusion. Her theory was right. The parking lot was empty. I immediately called the police. I gave them my location, confessed that I'd left my keys in the car and that it had been stolen. Then I made the most difficult call of all. Honey, I stammered. I always call her honey in times like these. I left my keys in the car, and it's been stolen. There was a period of silence on the other end of the line. I thought I'd drop the call, but then I heard Diane's voice, Ken, she barked. I dropped you off. (laughs) Now it was my time to be silent. Embarrassed, I said, well, come and get me, and Diane retorted, I will. As soon as I can convince this policeman I haven't stolen your car. (laughs) that's funny that is awesome so this lesson uh, is actually uh, I'm going to do a part one and a part two of how to receive healing uh, as I mentioned earlier I was I was healed of cancer in 1977 and I had a growth removed from my neck and the doctors discovered I had thyroid cancer they uh, they wanted me to go uh, do all these tests only to understand how to better uh, operate on me because they said they needed to remove my thyroid. They didn't know if they could save my voice box depending on how uh, the, the cancer had spread. I began to seek the Lord and God gave me the gifts of the Spirit. I was healed by the gifts of the Spirit. He gave me a word of wisdom and said, uh, go have these three men pray for you. He named some men that were, I was in relationship with. And he said, the cancer will die, the devil will leave, and you'll be healed. And, uh, and I did that, and I was. I went back for more tests. They couldn't find any cancer in my body. Then a year later, my son Michael, who was 15 months old at the time, was attacked with uh, some kind of muscular arthritic condition where his joints would swell up twice their size. His neck, his knees, his ankles, his elbows, his um, his wrists, and he was in uh, horrific pain. Uh, he wasn't eating much. Uh, he couldn't crawl. He couldn't walk. He cried all the time. We took him took him to doctors. The doctors had no remedy uh, for him. and And the Lord spoke to us to immerse ourselves in in His Word. And I'll share with you as I go through uh, these, these uh, uh, keys to receiving healing, that uh, Michael was healed, uh, but it was where I was healed more instantly through the gifts of the Spirit. My son Michael uh, was healed more over a process of time, and, and he's still healed today, and so am I. And the bottom line is this, that God always has healing available for us. Uh, but he doesn't always use the same principle or method uh, in in uh, uh, distributing that healing to us and or helping uh, uh, having us walk out our healing. And so that's the purpose of this: is to talk to you about some. Uh, if you, if you were my if you were my mother, if you were my uh, sister, if you were my brother, if you were a close friend of mine, um, and I feel the uh, this this uh, close knittedness with you because you've been studying the word with us all this time I feel like family I I'd, I'd want to sit down with you and just talk to you about uh, how uh, what what are the important essential principles for you to be healed if I just had if I just had a few minutes with you uh, 30 40 minutes with you I could I can tell you some key Principles that will help you receive your healing. And not only that, but you can help others receive as well. So uh, the first principle that I want to share with you in this session is healing is the will of God for everyone, every time, all the time. Healing is the will of God for everyone, every time, all the time. Now, how can you say that, Greg? Because, uh, you know, I prayed for uh, my loved one and they didn't receive the Lord. uh, They didn't receive their healing or I prayed for this one. And I know they were believing. I'm going to share that with you. But uh, first of all, let's look at the word of God. Luke chapter five and verse 12. And it happened when he was in a certain city that behold, a man who was full of leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. if you're willing, you can make me clean. In other words, if you will, I know you can. You know, it really takes no faith to believe that God can heal you. But you've got to settle it in your heart uh, the question is: He willing is he willing to heal you? So no, it takes no faith to believe he can. The real issue is: Will he heal you? Jesus settled the question of God's will to heal when he answered this leper. He said, "I'm willing be cleansed." And then we know that he healed him. See, it, see Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. And so if it's God's will when he walked the earth to heal every time, then and then it then it's if, if it was his will then, it must be his will today. Uh, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the question is: if it's God's will to heal every time, why then am I struggling to receive my healing? Well, I don't have all of the answers there, uh, but I can tell you that the one one reason is the devil is defeated, but he's not dead. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the devil can only devour people who do not know the truth intimately and do not exercise their authority over him. So uh, many times we just, we don't, we're not thoroughly convinced that no matter what uh, is attacking our body, no matter what sickness or pain or diagnosis that we have, that we have to be con- convinced that it doesn't matter what that is, Jesus paid the price for that already. And we have to be convinced that's his will. And the devil can only devour people. Who don't know that? Well, you might ask. Well, then, if this is true, why did my aunt Betsy die when we prayed for her and she was believing for healing, or my uncle, or my, you know, we prayed for a, a child in the church, and and you know, well, the the answer to that question is real clear. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, many times people, uh, when when they when they fight a battle with sickness, they get tired. Sometimes they give up. Um, sometimes I know that uh, if they're a Christian, I know uh, they see Jesus, they see heaven, and they get closer to Jesus and closer to heaven, and they look at heaven, and then they look at you and me, and, and they just take off, you know? And so uh, we, we don't know why that person didn't receive, but... Uh, one thing I know for sure: when you get to heaven, one of the first things that's going to happen is is your you, you and I we're going to say we're going to stand before the Lord and say, "Oh, ah, now I understand you you now I see the way what what the reasons are now I see what what happened." but, but I, I believe now you are good. You, you were good. You were right. You were fair, even though it didn't seem like it. See, that's our problem is our seamer. And maybe you could help me just make a little seamer adjustment right now because, because the bottom line is, guys, there are things that happen behind the scenes we don't see, we don't know, we don't know what people believe, we don't know what decisions they've made. But the bottom line is, No matter what happened there, uh, no matter whether it seemed like a faith failure or not, it doesn't change God's will. Uh, Jesus settled it, uh, the will of God question concerning healing when he said, you know, I'm willing. And, And let me tell you, he's willing right now to heal you. No matter what the doctors have said, you know, the doctors told me I wasn't going to be healed. They told me that, they couldn't save my thyroid and they didn't know if they could save my voice box. Now I want you to look with me at Luke chapter five. We're in Luke five, but down to verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law uh, sitting by who'd come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So, they were in the house together. The house was filled and God's power was present there to heal them. It was available to every person in that room. And we'll see later that only one got healed. Then behold, men brought a man on a bed who was paralyzed, whom they, who they uh, uh, sought to bring in uh, to lay before him. And when they could not uh, find out how they could bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop, let him down, with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. Notice what Jesus did first. He, he released forgiveness toward this man's sin. And the scribes and Pharisees, they were indignant. They began to reason, who can, for, who can forgive sins? Who's this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? Uh, But Jesus perceived their thoughts and he said, why are you reasoning this in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, go to your house. And and the man was healed. So the Pharisees on that day, in that day and time, they had no problem with Jesus' ability to, Uh, you know to heal but it was was his ability to forgive sins they had a huge problem with modern day Pharisees or the religious crowd they have no problem with the fact that our sins can be forgiven but healing for anyone who asked it that's a different story he said here in verse 23 which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say, rise up and walk. Let me ask you, uh, what do you what do you think the correct answer to that question is? <clears throat> Let me tell you that uh, that wh- whether it's wh- which one do you think is easier for Jesus to say, your sins are forgiven, or to heal you, or to say, rise up and walk and be healed. Um, wh- which one, in your mind, do you do you think is easier? The correct answer to that question will determine whether you're, you're open to receive the healing power of God in your life. And uh, the, the correct answer is this, neither one, because the same sacrifice <clears throat> paid for both. Um, and Jesus paid the price for everything uh, that we need, healing, uh, forgiveness of sins, and it all happened. One sacrifice paid for the entire package. And so, which one's easier? Neither one's easier because it took one sacrifice to pay for it all. And I've prayed for people many times, and uh, and so and when they for healing, and they'll come forward for healing, and they're really kind of wishing upon a star, hoping that God would uh, would you know drop mercy drops on them and and bring healing to them and but it's like they're approaching God for healing like they're approaching a loan officer uh, for an unsecured loan. They don't realize the price has already been paid and it's already been deposited in their spiritual account. See, so you you don't when, when you when you approach God for forgiveness or when you lead someone to the Lord, you don't ever question that, that God would, would or would not forgive that person, even if that person was a bad dude or a bad dudette. It doesn't matter what they've done in their lives. Jesus has pay, paid the ultimate price for anyone who would just come to Jesus and say, you know, Lord, I, I turn from my way of life I open my heart to you. Uh, I stop depending on my my way of living, and I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And you don't doubt at all whether that person could be saved. But the same person that's trying to uh, come to the Lord for salvation, if they don't see that healing is in the atonement, that healing has already been paid for, they're they're not going to have the same confidence that that healing is available to them just like forgiveness of sins why don't you doubt that god would save a bad dude or a bad dudette because you know that jesus already paid the price for all of their sins and and it's not sin that keeps us from god it's what we do with jesus and it's not sin that keeps you from healing It's what you believe about Jesus. Isaiah 53 verse 4. Says surely. He has borne our griefs. And that word griefs is sicknesses. And carried our sorrows. And that word sorrows is pains. Guys. I refuse to carry. Or bear. What Jesus died to free me from. The atonement. And finished work of the cross is a complete package. Uh, it's forgiveness of sins. It's it's a, a, a deliverance from iniquity patterns. It's it's a peace of mind and prosperity. It's healing for our physical bodies. Matthew eight sixteen and seventeen uh, bears that out. That uh, the, the verses I read you in. There in Isaiah 53, and that you've heard before many times in uh, Healing University. But in uh, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, when the evening come, evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore Our sicknesses. So Jesus fulfilled Isaiah 53 4 and 5 by healing physically sick people. It wasn't just spiritual sicknesses that he paid for. And so the first thing that we've got to settle in our hearts is it's the will of God uh, for you to be healed every time, all the time, every person. And if you can believe that's his will for everyone for salvation, it's his will, everyone, for healing. And uh, not everyone all receives uh, salvation automatically, though, because they've got to believe. And the same thing is true with healing. And so the second point that I want to bring up to you today is that uh, you have the power so use it. Luke 9, 1 and 2, then Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority. Those are two different Greek words. They have two different meanings over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The first word here, power, is the Greek word dunamis, which means miraculous power, force, Or might. It means the ability to make possible. Authority here is the Greek word exousia. Now you don't need to worry about uh, memorizing these Greek words, but their meaning is what's important and significant. Uh, That means uh, privilege, authority, capacity, uh, competency, control, and jurisdiction. So exousia is... So Jesus said to all of his disciples, which is you and me, he said he gave us the dunamis power, which is miraculous power uh, to heal the sick, but he also gave us the exousia power, which is the jurisdiction or the control. So exousia is like the badge of a deputy that gives him jurisdiction in a city or a town to enforce the law, and he has the backing of the entire police department. Dunamis is like the gun, the taser, the handcuffs, the car to bring criminals into jail to protect the citizens. And the police chief is not going to do the job of the deputy. So it's, it's, a, it's fruit, fruitless for the deputy to, when he, when he sees that there's a burglar. Uh, breaking in a house or or uh, a commercial business, he doesn't pick up the phone and call uh, the, the chief of police and say, I, I found this burglar. Would you come and catch him? No. What's the chief of police going to say? Um, he's going to say, "You, I've given you authority. You've got the badge. You've got our backing. You've got the gun. You've got the taser. You've got the handcuffs. You go, uh, you got the car, you go uh, catch him and, and you go bring him in. And Jesus has given you and I those same dimensions of power and authority. We have, we've been deputized. We've got, we've got the badge. Our, uh, we, we, we can, we can stop the works of the enemy. We can, we can stop sickness and disease. We can stop all the attacks of the enemy but uh, many times what happens is we've got the authority to do that. We've got the power, the dunamis power, the, the gifts of the spirit, the word of God, the name of Jesus. But many times what happens is we in prayer, we pick up our our prayer phone line and we call Jesus or call on the father. You know, would you, Lord, would you come and would you get rid of the devil for me? He's bothering me. He's, He's messing with me. I've got this pain and I've got this sickness. You know, guys, um, too many times we're just wimping out. God gave us this authority. Uh, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's deputized us. He's given all us all this power. And this dunamis power is released whenever we exercise the exousia power. It, the, the power of the Lord is released whenever you and I exercise it, operate in it, and run the enemy out of our bodies. And you've got that authority. The question is, you've got the power. There's a song years ago, you've got the power in the name of Jesus. You've got the power in the name of the Lord. And what the question is, you've got the power, but what are you doing with it? Um, year, a few years ago when I was pastoring, um I was I was the vol volunt- I was a volunteer chaplain at a hospital in North Texas and uh, they called me in and asked me to to console this uh this gentleman whose wife uh his name was Danny her name was Maddie she was in a coma they said she was brain dead uh there was there was an I, I first I walked in I couldn't I couldn't find Danny. I walked in her room, and sure enough, I mean, there was no, there was an all, there was no sign that she was alive. There was a machine keeping her alive, and um, I, I, I went. I found. I finally found uh, Danny in the way in another waiting room, and uh, and I, I said, "Well, would you like me to pray for you?" And he said, "Well, sure." And I said, "Would you like me to pray for your wife?" And he said, "Sure." And he said, "I said, well, what would you like me to?" pray for her for, he said, well, I just want her to have peace. And I said, well, Danny, you know, I was just in there in that room and she's pretty peaceful right now. And I said, uh, I knew he, I found out that they were both saved, uh, but they weren't really attending church regularly. They didn't know the word. And so that's why it's so important for you to go through Healing University. You're getting a hold of the word of God and you're able to, God's equipping you to run the enemy off of your territory and off of you out of your body and so uh, he said uh, I said well do, would you like to pray resurrection life into her and he said me you mean I can do that and I said, yes sir you can and so he said, well would you help me and I said well sure I said do you want you want Maddie to go to heaven or you want her to you want her to live and he said well you mean I can ask her to live I can ask God for her to live I said, well you can command her to live and I brought him into the room and I led him in a simple prayer of uh, taking his authority uh, over the enemy, over death, speaking resurrection life, over uh, Maddie. And then and, uh, nothing happened. I didn't see anything happen, but I told him. I gave him a few scriptures, encouraged him, but just praise God and thank God and keep speaking the word over his wife's body. Three days later, I got a phone call. My secretary said, you need to take this call. And it was Danny. He was at home. And Maddie was there. And he and he said, "He said Two, uh, a day after we did that, she woke up. And now she's home. She's cooking me breakfast. And man, he was excited. And listen, guys, if Danny, who, who didn't know much about the Word, could speak resurrection life over his brain-dead wife and bring healing to her, And run death out and bring life in. You can do that. Say with me, "I I can do that. You can do that. Jesus has given you and me the jurisdiction, the control, the authority, the power of the word, the gifts of the spirit to stop the works of the enemy. And we have that power. And we've got to use it. So we need to stop praying for God to do something that he's delegated you and I to do. He said, you heal the sick, you cast out devils. Matthew 16, 19, he said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you don't, won't. You've got to drive the enemy, sickness, disease, pain out of your body. The devil's a trespasser and you have authority over him. You you, you think about if a, a burglar came into your house, stormed into your house, a thief and and he, he started stealing things from you, messing with you, attacking your husband or your wife. What you just gonna sit there and say, "Come on in, just have just have your way, just do whatever you want"? No, you're gonna stand up. You're gonna grab something, hit him, run him off, shoot him, whatever you gonna do. Whatever you're gonna do uh, to get him out of your house and protect your family. And guys, we need to get angry uh, at the enemy, not not at God not at one another we need to get angry at the enemy and we need to run him out of our lives you and I have that authority and we need to operate in that authority Uh, Matthew 8 uh, speaks about this Uh, look there with me in Matthew 8 in verse 5 this is a story of the centurion uh, who had a servant who was sick and Jesus had entered a Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, said, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, well, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, have soldiers under me. And I say to, to this one, go and he goes, to another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it just at, just at his word. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith even in Israel. And I tell you that, this, uh, that, that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out of darkness. Then Jesus, verse 13 Said to the centurion, Go your way as you believed, let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that selfsame hour. The centurion understood that Jesus had authority over sickness and disease. He reasoned from his own experience with authority that Jesus could simply use his word to command his servants. And this centurion assumed. And, and believed that Jesus' servants were the devil, sickness, pain, and even healing. And he knew that if Jesus just spoke that word, that his servant would be healed. In other words, if Jesus exercised the authority that he assumed that he had, then those servants would obey him and his, and his servant would be healed. And Jesus' response to this centurion is that's the kind of faith and understanding of authority that will see, that will heal the sick in your life. Since Jesus delegated to us his authority and, and he's done that, I read that to you. His servants are our servants. His servants, sickness, disease, uh, lack, the devil, pain, uh, and even healing are our servants. When we command our servants, we'll heal the sick. When we command sickness, it's got to go. When we command demons to leave, they've got to leave. If we command healing to come, it's got to come. And we don't have to, it doesn't come from the outside, it comes from the inside. In Jesus' name. So, first of all, if you're going to receive healing, you've got to believe that it's the will of God for everyone, every time, all the time to be healed. Number two, you've got the authority. You have the power. So simply use it. Then thirdly, and this is in my book, uh, Your Healing Door, keep exalting the truth above the facts until the truth prevails. Keep exalting the truth above the facts until the truth prevails. Isaiah 53:1. who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The arm of the Lord is representative of the power of the Lord. The power of the Lord, including healing, is revealed to whoever believes his report in the word of God above every other report. It's when you exalt this report above sickness and disease. You you exalt this report above the doctor's report, above the banker's report, above the doctor's diagnosis, above the lawyer's report, above your child's uh, teacher's report about your child. Um, two and a half years ago, I had uh, sepsis, double pneumonia and sepsis, and... Janice and I had to exalt the truth of God's word over lots of doctor reports and nurses' reports, as well as various test results and even symptoms in my body. I, I, my oxygen level was really low. My, um, my blood pressure was low. My, my uh, white blood cell count was off the charts high. And I didn't deny during that time that I was dealing with those symptoms. Faith is not saying, you know, I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. Uh, but what I denied was I denied those symptoms and those reports to have final authority in my body. And I and and over a three day, three day period of time, I was supernaturally healed because I exalted the truth of God's word over the facts of what the doctors were saying to me that, you know, you may not make it. Um, You're going to have to be in here a long time. You're going to, you've got all kinds of, uh, all kinds of problems. I'm telling you that uh, the word of God brought healing to me supernaturally in, in uh, like from one day to the next, I was supernaturally healed where the, my what's my white blood cell count was normal. My, Blood pressure was normal, my oxygen level which had been 78 now was 92 and the doctor just stood stood into my bed and was shaking his head in unbelief he said I've been doing this over 30 years and I've never seen sepsis leave someone's body in, in one day. I've never seen uh someone's uh vitals change like this and I said, "Well, doctor, I know." He said, "I don't know what to attribute it to." And I said, well, I know it's Dr. Jesus. It was his word. It was people standing in faith with me, praying. Uh, my pastor, Bob Nichols, uh, made this statement. The first report is not the last report. Uh, don't don't exalt the the report of the doctors above the report of God's word. He said, if you want the arm of the Lord revealed to you, you're going to have to believe this report Above every other report, and that doesn't mean you're lying and you're saying you're not sick or you're not, you know, uh, having symptoms. You're just, you're just saying, you know, no. I know I'm not feeling well, but a lot of people, what they do is they say, well, I know God's word says by His stripes I'm healed, but and then whatever's on the other end of your butt is what you really believe. <laughs> But well, I, I just but I butt the facts with the truth. I don't butt the truth with the facts, and and I walk in healing. And you can do the same thing. You cannot. James four seven says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You cannot resist a, a negative report while you're submitting to that the doctor comes to you and tells you, like he, he told my wife, he said, you, you get ready because your husband may not, uh, may not make it through the night. All these things that the, the, the doctors and nurses were saying and all they're doing, they're operating by sight. But we've got inside information. We can take those facts and, and rule over those facts if we'll exalt the truth above those facts. And many times what the problem is, is that we're placing more value on the doctor's report than God's report. The doctor does have authority, but his authority is functional authority. Uh, And we we place so much value in doctors' uh, diagnosis and prognosis because they've been to medical school, They, they know sickness and disease, real well and yeah they do but the bottom line is I know the word real well and I know that the word of God trumps every other report and I, I place greater value I'm not uh, on the on the word of God than the, the word of a doctor but that's where a lot of people lose their healing that's where a lot of people fail to receive because because they they got this trusted doctor they're He's been their friend. He's been their family doctor for years. And whatever he says, they take it like it's the gospel. But listen, guys, I'm not denying that I was dealing with a problem. Double pneumonia and sepsis was very serious. But I'm just denying those problems to have final authority in my life. And until you make God's word the highest authority, it will not have complete authority in your life. Delegated authority, which you and I have been given, that I share with you in this last point, that you and I have the dunamis power, the miraculous power and authority. We also have uh, the exousia power, the jurisdiction like we're, we've been deputized and delegated this power to keep sickness out of Healingville. That's what I call my body, Healingville, and uh, I, I just I, I've been given delegated authority, delegated authority trumps functional authority. It's higher value than functional authority that a doctor has. Your experience is temporal. God's word is eternal. Ro- Romans eight thirty one says, "What then?" shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who shall be against us? What then shall we say to these things? What are you going to say about your situation? What are you, what are you going to say about the, when the doctor comes in? I'm not, if the doctor, when he came in and they told me, you've got a double pneumonia, you've got sepsis, it came upon me. All of a sudden, just in one day, I was like, doing fine. And all of a sudden I I had a fever and and, uh, chills and and I couldn't uh, couldn't think. I I was uh, really out of sorts. And finally my wife took me to the hospital and they tell me I had double pneumonia and sepsis. I didn't deny that I had it. I just denied that I'm going to keep it. And maybe you've had something, a condition for a long period of time. What are you going to say to that? What are you going to say to that condition? What are you going to say to your pain? What are you going to say to that uh, sickness? What are you going to say to that disease? What are you going to say to the doctor's report? Well, I just, I just take that report and I say, well, uh, Father, I want to thank you. This is what the doctors uh, are saying is wrong. But I want to thank you that I've got inside information and I have a higher report and I have higher authority. and I've got heaven's backing Amen. to make sure that your word uh, brings healing to me. And, you know, what are you going to say to these things? Don't, you, you, you've got to, your your word is law in the spirit realm. But what I see happen is many times, sickness or disease or pain has come on your body and it's been there a while and then you get prayed for and it doesn't happen automatically it doesn't happen instantly and people stop believing they let go of their faith but um, what happens is they put all of their healing eggs in the instantaneous healing basket and the truth is, Mark sixteen eighteen, Jesus said they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Recovery implies process. So most healing is not instantaneous. You say, yeah, but most of Jesus' healings were instantaneous. Yeah, but you're not Jesus. And Jesus had, I know Jesus is in you, but you... You haven't renewed your mind like Jesus. Now you're, you're getting there in Healing University. But we've got to run unbelief out. That's what we're doing. You've got to run doubt out. And, you, and you've got to stand your ground. And even when the symptoms try to prevail, you've got to keep exalting the truth above the facts. And the truth will prevail. Don't become weary in well-doing. Don't let go of your healing because it doesn't manifest immediately. Keep the switch of faith turned on, Kenneth Hagin said. You can't receive from God. This is so important, so important. I want to encourage you as we're closing this session. I want to encourage you. You cannot receive from God with your eyes on the calendar or on the clock. You can't receive from God that way. And that's where a lot of people are. You know they pray, they believe for a little while and then then they look at the calendar, how long it's been. They look at the clock, how long they've been how long they've been standing and then they give up. They throw in the towel. They they well I guess it's I guess it's not working. No, it's working, but then you gave up. But we we will reap if we don't faint. Galatians 6 9 says we'll reap you'll reap if you don't faith don't stop believing don't stop exalting the truth above the facts don't stop confessing the word of god and you will receive have you ever cut down a large tree with an axe or have you seen anyone do that before i've done both i've observed it i've also done it let me ask you a question which which chop Of the axe brought down the tree? The answer is each of them. The same principle is true when it comes to your healing. Every prayer of faith, every step of obedience, every confession of of the word where you're exalting the truth above the facts is another swing of the sword of the Spirit that will eventually cut you free completely free from sickness disease and pain your suddenly will come don't stop confessing the word don't stop praising god for the finished work of the cross don't stop declaring your healing don't let the enemy tell you well if you're confessing that you're healed why are you why are you feeling that way you just you keep exalting The truth above the facts until the truth prevails, until the truth wins out, until the truth manifests. I want to pray for for you right now. You know, there's someone who's watching, who's been in a wheelchair for a long period of time. And you've allowed that length of time to cause you to stop believing. Uh, There's someone else who's had a chronic disease Uh, a blood disorder someone else that's had uh, diabetes for a long period of time and you've allowed the length of time to cause you to stop believing we're we're people of faith we need to keep believing believers believe and we what do we do with doubt when doubt comes we doubt our doubts Mm -hmm. and we believe the word of God I just want to set you free today get your eyes off of how long it's been. It doesn't matter how long it's been. To the woman with the issue of blood that had been that way for years. To the man that was the lame man that had been since his birth. It had been years. But the, finally there suddenly came. Your suddenly is going to come. And I, if you keep exalting the truth, if you keep your focus on the Lord, on His Word, and not on your situation, not on your condition, not on how long it's been, Jesus is your redeemer. I release the healing power of Jesus into your body right now. I declare over you freedom from that pain, freedom from that condition, freedom uh, from that wheelchair, freedom from that disease that's, that's had a hold of your body for so long. Ought not the son or daughter of almighty God go free from that disease? Jesus paid an awful price so you and I could walk free. You know, God healed me of cancer. God healed me, healed my son Michael of that arthritic uh, muscular condition. God healed uh, Danny's wife, Maddie, in a a total coma state where where the, the doctors gave no hope. She was brain dead. But there's hope. There's hope for you. And I release that healing power of Jesus to touch you. I release confidence in you to believe the word. Exalt the truth above the facts. Believe that it's the will of God to heal you every time, all the time. Uh, Use the power and authority you have and exalt the truth above the facts. And you will see that healing that belongs to you will manifest in your life as well.